Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Top Flag Time Machine are going to be going on tour in early November. You will experience physical movement and emotional movement and so much more from both of us. Bowel movement? Maybe there'll be a little bit of bowel movement. I can't promise it, but if that's what you're looking for, we can make it happen, probably. It won't be uh, one of those things where a podcast episode is recorded in a theatre. Fuck that. This is a proper show with um, songs and dancing and um, high moments of uh, exhilaration. So come along. Let's just quickly tell you where we're going to be. The 1st of November, we're in Brighton. 2nd of November, we're in... Um, Nottingham, the third were in Leeds, the fifth were in Manchester, the seventh were in Glasgow, the eighth were in Newcastle, the ninth were in Birmingham, and the tenth were in London. <gasps> the capital. Mm, what a uh, finale. It's going to be good. I think there's a few tickets left at most venues. Yep. It's uh, going to be really exciting. It's called the Velvet Drain Bike Tour. It's going to be better than the last one, yeah. which is saying something, because the last one was fucking amazing. Ask anyone who yeah. went. But this one, whoa, it's going to knock your cock off. Or if you're a lady, it will knock off your boobs. Go to tftimemachine.com slash live shows to have a look at where you get tickets from. There'll also be a chance to interact with us in an official capacity while we're on stage, not after the show. In a very limited capacity. Come along, you'll love it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? It's History Box again. It's um, th- These are standalone episodes looking at an incident in history. And this is the third part of the Phil Collins at Live Aid one that we've done. So we've immediately just trampled all over our own rule of this being a standalone episode. Yeah, this but, has become um, a deep dive or a mini dive. It has, it has, doesn't it? And it makes me think, though. See, like, when you say, welcome to History Box, I'm like, yeah. yes, this is what I feel my destiny, our destiny always was. Doing oh, highbrow, mm. cerebral, academic-style mm. content for yeah. the masses, yeah? Um, that is natural. You know, if yeah. there was any justice in the world, me and you would be doing our own series on BBC Four, yeah. Thursday nights examining issues just like this one. Yeah. Moments of obscure but extremely pertinent historical. It might happen. It might happen yeah. yet, Sam. This could be a springboard for something. As you say it, as you said it, I puffed my chest up because I thought, yes, yeah. good. This is what I sh- this is what I, Sam Delaney, should be doing. Right. Yeah. And but also laid out in front of me, I have the text. And always yeah. call it a text. Don't call it a book, right? Yeah. A te- the text to which we refer in this. <laughs> Not dead yet, Phil Collins, the autobiography, right? Yeah. Now, just to make it extra fancy, I do have a hardback copy of the book. 
And I have it splayed out, akimbo, in front of Mm -hmm. me on my desk. And I did this almost subliminally, like without noticing Mm -hmm. it. I was doing it. As you said, welcome to History Box. I turned to the page, the relevant page within Not Dead Yet, Mm. the Phil Collins autobiography. And I carefully, I don't know if you can see this, mate. I'm just going to see if you can see this. I carefully turned a page like so. Right. Licked the tip of your finger. I licked the tip of my finger. And that is the sort of level, just so we can paint a picture for our listeners, that's the kind of men Andy and I are now. I'm wearing spectacles. I was going to say, you're wearing your spectacles as well, which adds an extra level of gravitas Mm. to the proceedings. I'm now, let it be known, Britain... That I, Sam Delaney... <laughs> let it be known far and right, wide from the rooftops of the land. Let them all know that I, Sam Delaney, and now the sort of man who reads hardback books and licks his finger for every single page turn. I'll every tell you what's happening turn. here. I'll tell you what's mm. happening here. It mm. might not be obvious to you. You, my friend, are gunning for David Starkey's patch. Uh, I That's am. That's what's happening here. Starkey has been disgraced now, let's face yeah, it. he's disgraced. He's gone. Mm. But that means there's a job going. And you, my friend, are the top man for the job. Well, whilst I disagree with his views on everything, I think that the tweedy professorial kind of status that he achieved in mm. the public consciousness at his peak mm. is ripe for a man like me. I think Absolutely. I think that professorial is a, is the word that I would like. Yeah associated with me you know if you can lose the accent and get some elocution lessons or something like that um (laughs) you'll be you'll be raking it in no doubt about it the cockney connoisseur himself sam delaney no No, i don't know i don't think the cockney thing will work i don't think that'll fly you're gonna need that um professor beeping timmy yeah beeping timmy historian (laughs) professor fish cake (laughs) b.a for the purposes of these history box episodes, you can be Professor Fishcake if you want to be. I'll allow that. You introduce introduce yourself at the beginning as Professor Fishcake. I am fine with that. I am Sam Professor Fishcake Delaney. <laughs> I think just Professor Fishcake. I, I yeah. dropped the Delaney to be fair. Professor Fishcake. But only University if I could be prof- of beeping. If only I, if I could be Professor Hotbody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is, lads, we lick our fingers when we turn the page because we're fucking serious people, right? And if you're still reading on a fucking Kindle or a paperback or just reading anything without fucking licking your finger before turning the page, then basically you're the shit on our show. <laughs> I'm reading on a Kindle, but don't. You know, sorry Lick about that. your finger anyway, mate. It's better than nothing, even though it's not real paper. Hey, uh, Andy, um, just quickly, mm. do you, are you um, active or even a presence on LinkedIn? No. You, I, um, I you deleted have a my LinkedIn account that? last year. Yeah, it's for the best. Because, Is that because uh, of you, you didn't feel good about yourself even being on there? No, it was in the wake of the Michael Gove incident and there were some oh, threats yeah. of violence. You uh, had to run and hide to your spider hole. And I thought, yeah. I thought LinkedIn's not for threats of violence. Twitter's for threats of violence. Yeah, true. Maybe Facebook, but not LinkedIn. 
Come on, so, let's lads. Let's remember where we are. Yeah, this is let's LinkedIn. Let's drop the temperature a little bit. Gentlemen, this is please. a place for professionals and business, not for fighting. Right. Anyway, uh, obviously, I'm on it. It's really depressing. If you get a notification mm. from LinkedIn, you're like your heart sinks. You think, oh god. Right, That's true, and yeah. it, it's best just not to be on there if you can avoid it. But mm. I got a message, and it was from a young student. Mm-hmm. whose class I had given a guest, I'm going to call it lecture. It was a talk, okay. but in the spirit of me now being Professor Fishcake, yeah. right, I will call it a lecture, right? Fine. Um, that I did do over Zoom, but I did, uh, I just picture me on my Zoom wearing a tweed jacket with my <laughs> thumbs in the lapels all the way through, yeah? yeah? yeah. And half moon spectacles. Anyway, it's about political campaigning and stuff. And she sent me a nice message saying, oh, thanks a lot, blah, blah. And then I went to respond. I responded and said, oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Good luck with your studies. Mm-hmm. Right. And she got back and said, blah, blah, thanks again. And then I was like, okay, this has been enough now. This is enough of an exchange. Yeah. Let's draw yeah. the line. I didn't need the extra response from you. Now mm. I don't know what to say because this shouldn't carry on as a chat. It would be improper. So I was just struggling to know how to draw a line under it without totally blanking her. And I saw that on LinkedIn, like on Gmail, they offer predictive responses. <laughs> Not words, but phrases. Yeah. Right. And okay. she's written, I would say, a paragraph, like seven sentences, maybe <clears throat> maximum. So thanks a lot. Just to, to reiterate, I, I enjoyed your talk. Blah blah blah. It's really interesting to me. Here's why it's interesting. Nah, 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 nah. And I thought, what do I say to that in a way that doesn't invite further interaction? Yeah. Mm. Um, not that I'm saying she was stalking me. I'm just saying that she probably doesn't want further interaction either. It'll get awkward for both of us. Yeah. What What needs to be said has been said. So I looked at the three options. One was thanks. Mm-hmm. Right. Thought that yeah, not bad. One was a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. I thought that's always a good one. Yeah, that's and global, isn't it? Yeah. But do you know what the third one was? What was that? I see. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I see. <laughs> Nothing else. And I was so tempted to click on it, but I didn't want to... If it had been more of a sort of a cunty person, which you do get contacting you a lot on LinkedIn, I mean, yeah. chance are, if you see a message in your LinkedIn inbox, it'll be from some cunt right yeah usually nine times out of ten you know and if anyone's listening you've messaged me on linkedin i don't mean you i mean people who go hello mr sam delaney are you interested in increasing your company's marketing rate do you have a pen yeah all that bollocks right but i so but i thought imagine that if i just clicked on that because i was in a hurry because sort of people who use linkedin andy they're in a hurry because they're business people they've they yeah. got time to stop and chat they're off between to their, meetings yeah they're off to have a sushi lunch with a business yeah. contact yeah or if it's after lunchtime it might be they're going for a cappuccino who knows right maybe um, 20 minute power squats in the gym something like that yeah they, they, they can't be fucking around doing like typing shit into power LinkedIn <laughs> right so they just go so you just have to select right I'm in a hurry I just need to select I one see. of these responses <laughs> That one's good. I see. Bang. Bye. <laughs> I see. I see. It is such a power play, isn't it? I see. There's something. What is it? It's sort of condescending, isn't it? In a yeah. way. 
Well, yeah, it's really dismissive, isn't it? And short yeah. as well. It's I not see. Even engaging with you, it's just not, shutting the whole I thing down. I see. I see. Mm. Let's carry on chatting. Or I see. Yeah. Okay, maybe this requires another. Just I see. Not yeah. even I see. Love Sam. Right. Yeah. I see. Nothing I don't else. Get- I don't get anything like I've got LinkedIn anymore. I do get like a lot of unsolicited messages in Instagram, but they're always from fellas who are like fans of one of the podcasts. Oh, I thought you were going to say they were from like those sort of sex people, sex ladies who trick oh, middle-aged them, men yeah. such yeah. as us into yeah. thinking that get they're real sex ladies who want to have sex with us. But they're not real. So um, if there's any real sex ladies that want to leave me a message, I'll be more than welcome. I had a, I, I had a sex lady <laughs> friend request. I had a sex lady friend request on Facebook the other day. And what's really funny, this would have happened to you, right? And any bloke of a, of, a, of a certain age will get these sexy lady requests that aren't real sexy ladies. And as soon as I... You're used to it now. I saw it. As soon as I clicked the is image... Is this Instagram? Did you see on Facebook? No, this is Facebook, right? Oh, Facebook. Uh, as, soon, as soon as I clicked, I saw it, this friend request, I thought, right, that is a sex, a fake sex lady bot, right? Mm. Like, steer clear. But it said... You have five mutual friends. So you're like, oh, <laughs> yes, let's just check. Before I let's, delete this request, let's see what five mugs I know who have fallen for this let's, trick. Let's open As, Pandora's box and take a yeah. look. So I clicked on mutual friends and I thought, I made a little bet myself before I clicked on it. I thought, fucking yeah. odds on, these are all blokes yeah. over the age of 40. Sure Your enough, brothers. they all were. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And none of them were connected. That was the other thing that was great. So there was no right. sense what there were people I knew from completely different reasons, right? right. None of them were like worked in the same industry or were from the same area or anything like that. They're just yeah. five random men whose only connection was that they were over forty. Yeah. And she probably suffering from some kind of mental emotional crisis, which I don't mean as an insult because what I mean is we all are. We all are. I mean, I say she, obviously probably not a she, but she must have napalmed the entire over 40 community with friend requests. Yeah. And I, <laughs> what you want to do, you just look at your mates who have gone, Whoa, and then Ooh. you can't help. And all before these both perfectly nice blokes, right? But I'm thinking, <laughs> what went through their mind when they accepted this friend request? Mm. Hmm, here's an attractive, sexy lady who's in her 20s. I don't think I've met her before, but I've led a busy life and met many people. (laughs) So perhaps it's best if I just accept... I don't want to seem rude. (laughs) I think I shall accept her request. And perhaps she can remind me how it is we know one another. (laughs) By sending me some pictures. I'm sure my wife won't mind if she takes a look at my friends on Facebook. Where do you think it's going to go? I mean, don't forget the story I told you recently. There was a lady once, many years ago, who friend requested me, and I couldn't remember who she was, but I accepted anyway, and I learnt my lesson, because next thing I know, a grubby, one-eyed teddy bear had been delivered to an (gasps) office address. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. Mm. Yeah. Um, Are we going to try and attempt this Phil Collins thing? Because it looks like we fucked it. We're trying to get it done in this episode. We can rattle our way through it. Nah, we can do it. We're at the point, right, it's London, it's Wembley. Um, Phil is doing his set. Um, at Wembley with Sting Um, they're doing a few Sting songs a few Phil songs he says uh, Sting and I go on stage at 2pm after a few last minute discussions as we walk on there's a huge roar Noel Edmonds compare mentions that as soon as I finish here I'm taking Concord to Philadelphia to play there as well more (laughs) cheering 
Phil, Noel Phil. Edwards goes straight after this. He's going to Philadelphia on Concord. The Flash cunt. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Noel, calm down. Noel Edwards is Noel Edwards is seething because he wants to do it really. But um, well, Noel plays his part, doesn't he? Later on, but we'll get to that. Yeah, he does. And um, he says, just before we go on, casual as you like, Sting says, by the way. <laughs> You're going to like this, Phil. <laughs> By the way, sometimes I mess around with the words. <laughs> <laughs> so they you fucking what? Phil had to write the words down, didn't he, when they were rehearsing? Yeah. Because he didn't know what they were. Uh, so Sting's just, they're about to walk on in front of a billion TV viewers. Uh, Sting's going to mess around with the words. And uh, Phil says, I'm standing at the piano singing, and Sting's off at a tangent on the other side of the Wembley stage, singing every breath, every move, every bond. Uh, he says, I'm singing the correct words, but the flash sod is, metaphorically speaking, once again, improvising in his underpants. <laughs> He's taking a dive in Phil's pool again, hasn't he, metaphorically? <laughs> so, uh, not a good start. Um, yeah. Well, do you think Sting's purposefully power played in there? Or do you just think Sting's well, a maverick? Probably. probably. Why um, would you... Why, in 1985, if you put yourself in... I mean, I'm sure you. this won't be the first time you've tried to put yourself inside the mind of 1985 vintage Sting. Mm. What, what's your motivation to power play Phil Collins? I think just a huge ego. I think right. that Sting uh, had left the police by this point. His solo career yeah. wasn't going that well. Phil was in the ascendancy with mm. uh, no jacket required. And I think he's just putting him back in his box, basically. <laughs> He's just Listen, we were both in bands. You're in Genesis. Or, let's be honest, we're a, we're a, a bunch of cunts, right? There and I was in band. An album's band. I was in the fucking police. I fucking singles and albums band. But I walked we were, away when I was at the fucking peak, man. We were shitting out hits like you couldn't fucking believe. Fucking Roxanne, don't <laughs> stand so close to me. The lot. <laughs> Even that one about the IRA didn't have much of a tune. That got to number two, you cunt. No. So the, the other fellas who were in this act with me, eh? They were fucking yanks, weren't they? So we didn't <laughs> see eye to eye on certain things, mainly pronunciations and that. <laughs> so I said, right, fuck this. I'm going on my own. I reckon I'm the best one anyway because all the lasses like me, you know. And, and I thought, right, I'd go and I'd do jazz music instead. See how that goes down. the lasses like that as well, didn't they? Jazz. <laughs> I'll, I'll have funny coming out of my fucking ears, right? And I won't have to share it round no more either with these couple of American fellas. And I don't even want it because I've got Trudy and me and her going at it for like seven hours. Well, so I don't even need the funny but it's nice to know it's there for your ego like <laughs> <laughs> but then you you little bald cockney cunt right you've left that fucking shite of an album you weren't even the lead singer man you're the fucking drummer you've left and you're knocking out fucking hits non-stop left right and fucking centre I'm thinking something <laughs> doesn't add up here <laughs> I mean look I might not have gone to Oxford like them fellas you were in Genesis with, but I used to be a teacher, so, you know, class-wise, I'm still above you, you little fucking bin man. I'm of the fucking professional classes, you cunt. <laughs> aye, aye, this is true, actually, fella, and I've done this for other lads, eh? Right, including Elton John and Boy George. I can sign your passport photograph. Because... <laughs> 
and I can because I am still a qualified teacher with a certificate, which means I count as a fucking professional. And, and I did it for many... and I did it for boy George, and I do it for you as well. There's not many fellas in the top forty. You can see that. <laughs> Jalapeno. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. When you put it like that, it does make a lot of sense that where his motivation was coming from to stitch <laughs> Phil up in this way. He'd be jealous as well because Phil's getting the gold concord. That's what it'll be. Yeah. Can't blame him. Um, so uh, there, the, the, he finishes his set there and then uh, he has to get across the Atlantic, but he's still got to wait an hour or so for Noel Edmonds and his chopper to pick him up and get the Heathrow. Um, because of air traffic control schedules and that. Um, and then he says he'd been reassured he wasn't the only one making the trip to Philadelphia. He didn't want to give the impression he was the solo show-off playing both concerts. He said, I've been told not to worry, Duran Duran would be going as well. But for some reason, Duran Duran are now only playing in America. So all of a sudden, I'm the only one and the vibe changes. In the live air rock and pop aristocracy, everyone is equal, but to some, but some are more equal than others. So then he drives off to uh, Noel Edmonds' chopper, which is in a field nearby. Uh, and all this has been televised, of course. And he says uh, he's sweating, still in his stage clothes, and he's on his way to Philadelphia. Um, it's fucking mad, though, that he was like, I need to get to Heathrow from Wembley, which, by the way, is not far at all, mm. uh, but dependent on traffic, obviously, and you've yeah. got the North Circular to contend with. Right, and... Uh, but on a Saturday afternoon. Nightmare. <laughs> So he's gone, how are you, plus all these street parties he claims that were happening, right? <laughs> Which no one else remembers, yeah? I certainly did. How but then again, I was tra- indoors with me, with me boombox recording You're inside all the watching fucking Live Aid, which is what everyone was doing. It was the least, there should have been no traffic, because every fucker was inside yeah, watching exactly. Live Aid. Yeah. That's it, why these, something about this doesn't add up. The street party's bullshit. And, and, and the think, traffic stuff, because well, he said he was stuck re- in traffic. I reckon he's getting retrospective excuses in. I reckon there has been a problem between him and Geldof ever since. I'll never forgive you, Phil. It was the biggest day of the fucking, of my life, of my <laughs> career. And you were fucking late. And why? Because you couldn't be bothered getting up on time. Right? And he's like, no, it weren't that, Bob. It weren't that. I'm telling you, there was traffic. Traffic! 
In the middle of summer when everyone's in wanting to watch fucking Live Aid. And I'm there, going, where the fuck is Phil Collins? And you're why was there traffic? Well, you know, there was street everyone parties. having their Live Aid street parties, wouldn't what there? The fuck? What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you, can't, you can't take a television outside to watch Live Aid. And even if you can, you can't see because of the sunshine. <laughs> you need shade, man. Shade. <laughs> we opened this. with status quo at midday, man. Mid fucking day, the whole population of the UK was inside with the curtains drawn. <laughs> no one was in the car, much less having a fucking street party. Now, no, come the, on, just level the, with me. You overslept, <laughs> didn't you? Nah, the helicopter thing is clearly Edmunds just wanting to get involved, just wanting to feel as though he's part of it somehow. Edmunds uh, he volunteered the helicopter before anybody well, got a chance to say, "No, no, we're all right. We don't need it." There he is. Ed, no, Edmunds was actually asked by Geldof to organise all of the helicopter transport. When I interviewed Edmonds, I said, so you did Phil Collins' helicopter at Live Aid? And he went to me, I did all the helicopters, right? And I was like, what? And he went, it wasn't just Phil Collins. I did all the helicopters. I said, what helicopters? He went, at the time, I had my own helicopter rental company, right? (laughs) Which he did. I mean, talk about busy. He was like the Gary Neville, but of the fucking television industry right you, you thought you would have thought he'd be content with his other sort of yeah. things going on in his career at the time right uh, this would have been probably telly addicts era i would yeah, say course, yeah yeah pretty big show right lately at breakfast show as well and i don't know what he was doing on radio at the time he wouldn't have been on radio one by then but maybe he was doing something yeah, else on radio. On. But anyway, let's just say he weren't short of things to keep him busy, but he also decided to run a helicopter business. And the way in which he ran it, he didn't own a whole fleet. He owned a couple of helicopters himself, and so did his mate who he ran it with. Mm -hmm. But they also, what they did was, it was a bit like a proto-Uber thing, yeah, where they hired out other people's helicopters. They, They leased helicopters from other people, right? Yeah. And Bob Geldof called up um, Noel and said, listen, I need you to sort the helicopters for the day. He went, because there's not, because the amount of acts we've got, there simply isn't enough room backstage to accommodate all of our acts at one go, which Mm. means we have to keep them constantly moving in and out, right? So when you've finished, you have to basically fuck off, Mm -hmm. right? And some, as we know, like the Style Council, because Mick Talbot told us this, right? They had to leave to do other commitments and then come back in the evening to do the big final <clears throat> curtain closer, right? Yeah. So, so Noel had to provide a fleet of helicopters, right, with pilots to ferry the axe in and out of Wembley throughout the day. Imagine yeah. that, a squadron, a fleet like in Apocalypse Now. You know that scene yeah. in Apocalypse Just Now where like all the helicopters... Yeah. <laughs> it was like that, right? But instead of fucking Robert um, Duval at the front in his cowboy and cigar, it was fucking Noel Edmonds, mate. And probably Cheggers next to him. Flying over the Thames and there's gunships going up and down the Thames as well. And yeah. Steam and all that sort of shit going <laughs> on. Yeah. It's the greatest day in British history. <clears throat> yeah. Well, so anyway, he gets on his Concorde. It's a scheduled Concorde flight. So, you know, there's loads of passengers on there as well. Um and uh, halfway down the aisle on his way to his seat, he sees none other than Cher. Wow. <laughs> Fuck all the way from London to uh, to America. He says she clearly hasn't the slightest idea what the fuss is about. She's in her civvies. She doesn't look like Cher. She clocks me. He says, I'm a bit starstruck. 
Um, he says, wow, Cher, I don't care if she isn't wearing her battle makeup, but plainly she cares. As I'm getting out of my chunk... Plainly she cares that what he's saying in this bit is he gets on the plane... They've all been waiting on Concord on the tarmac because he's running late. So everyone's fucked off on the plane when he gets on. They're like, you're the cunt we've been waiting for, right? And when when he gets on, he clocks her. And because she doesn't expect to bump into another member of the Glitterati, Mm. she's dressed down. But when when he sees it's her and she sees him, she's really fucked off that she's been spotted without Mm. her makeup and all that on. So as soon as Concord takes off, she scuttles off to the toilet with her makeup bag to do herself yes. up. Yes. And then she comes to talk to him after that. Hi, Phil, what's happening? Is that, uh, oh, she don't she talks like big... that. She's got a really deep voice. Hi, Phil, it's me, Cher. Oh, she does, doesn't she? Mm. Uh, you don't know about this big live aid concert, Global Jukebox thing, Wembley, Philadelphia, one billion years tar. around the world. We're just on our way to play the <laughs> you American show. You Doris. She says, oh. Can you get me on it? He says, I'm thinking, again? What am I, a fucking talent agent? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he says, um, I'm sure it's not a problem. But I don't know if he's going to do that. But... um and there's rumours I'm about sure it's not a problem the show's already started it's exactly. halfway through and she needs to sack her agent and her management because she's on a plane she's only just fucking heard of Live Aid it's been going on for about four hours and she's asking Phil Collins on a plane can you get me on well you better fucking get a shift on then love yeah well she's already made up so that's good so he gets off Concord at GFK in New York no customs straight onto another chopper and off to Philadelphia and he says it takes almost as long to get from New York to Philly as it took to get across the Atlantic. And he arrives at the gig. Um, he's buttonholed by Kenny Cragen, who is Lionel Richie's manager, who's in charge of the finale performance of the USA for Africa song, We Are The World, which we've discussed previously, which Lionel... By the way, mate, you know you, yeah. you sourced that sweatshirt for I me. I did. For my yep. Bought it. Yeah. Surprised the wife of it. Yeah. She says it's the best sweatshirt she's ever owned. Hey, so get in I there. I did credit you. I said, well, you've got Dawson to thank for sourcing Fantastic. that. Mm. Good times. So, Kenny Cragen asks Phil if he'll sing a line in the song. And uh, Phil says, what time's it going to be? He says, just one line, no big deal. Phil says, okay, I'll do it. Because Phil just can't say no to anybody. He'll just do anything he gets asked. I'm a people pleaser. That's my problem. Exactly. I'm always bending over backwards to help others. But I never stop to think, actually... What does Phil Collins want? That's <laughs> that is an overarching sentiment in this it book. Is. It is. Um, so he gets there, gets into the Led Zeppelin caravan. He says, "Here's how it is: Robert on his own, Robert Plant, a lovely bloke. Robert and anything to do with Zeppelin, a strange chemistry happens. It's like a nasty strain of alchemy. Everything becomes very dark, sulphurous. Even it's immediately obvious that Jimmy is, shall we say, edgy, jumpy. And if you've seen the footage of." Uh, Led Zeppelin and particularly Jimmy Page at Live Aid he's very edgy he's very jumpy um, Does that is that code words for cocaine? I think it very much is yeah, when you right. look at the state of Page I mean, you look at, you know, this performance they, they banned Live Aid people from putting it on the DVD because it's so yeah. bad Because they're all off their face or they're at least all he is fucking nut yeah. yeah and Phil's doing his best he's introduced to Tony Thompson who of course was the chic drummer yeah because uh, they've decided to have two drummers for this um, and he says he's very cool with me but not in a cool way I believe the term is f- Freudier I think it's pronounced um, 
He says, I mentioned the pitfalls of playing with two drummers. I've done it with Genesis and my own band, and I know how badly it can go awry. The look from Tony suggests he is not interested in tips from any ocean-hopping carpetbagger who's just swanned in off the off Concord. So we've got Robert Page, who is got a cloud of off darkness hanging over him. Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Page is off his fucking tits. Uh, Tony Thompson doesn't want to be sociable, and Phil's just come all the way from Wembley on Concord. And what's his name? The bassist was there as well, which is also another thing that threw Phil because he originally was said do you want to drum? Robert Plant originally said, do you want to appear with me? And he went, yeah. And then he said, actually, yeah. Jimmy might do it as well. So he we went, yeah. But then he subsequently heard that, what's the bassist called again? John, John Paul Jones. John, John Paul, Paul Jones had joined. And when he heard that, he thought, oh, hang on a minute. This is now a, is a, a reunion of Led Zeppelin with me in the John Bonham role. So yeah. he was like, fuck, but it's too late to turn it down now. And then when he turns up, Tony Thompson was there because that's who fucking Jimmy Page had got. So they both hired their own drummer. And yeah. neither of them had the balls to stand their own drummer down. Exactly so that, well, we're just going to have to fucking use both of them, aren't That's we? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So uh, they haven't really rehearsed this. Phil's been listening to the Zeppelin on the plane, trying to get the grips of what he's having to do. Um, and it's Led Zeppelin. It's a Led Zeppelin reunion at Live Aid. Um, I mean, for the record, I think Led Zeppelin are a fucking really average group. Oh, I'm not interested in Led, Led Zeppelin's all. music, really, yeah. A couple of good songs, but you know, the best one was the the thing from Top of the Pops. They did. I like the, the one the Pops, that they used for the World Cup in Japan. I think it's Kashmir. Kashmir is good. Yeah, Kashmir is good. So uh, Phil says, "I know the wheels are falling off from early in the set. I can't hear Robert clearly from where I'm sat, but I can hear enough to know he's not top of his game." Ditto, Jimmy. I don't remember playing rock and roll, but obviously I did. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember an awful lot of time when I can hear what Robert decries as knitting, fancy drumming. He says, if you can find the footage, the Zeppelin camp have done their best to scrub it from the history books. You can see me miming, playing in the air, getting out of the way lest there be a train wreck. If I'd known it was going to be a two drummer band, I would have removed myself from proceedings long before I got anywhere near Philadelphia. And he's uh, he's just following Tony Thompson and trying to take his lead from him, um, and it's basically a fucking nightmare from start to finish. So poor old Phil, he's uh, this is how Live Aid's gone for him. He's gone on stage with Sting. Sting's thrown him under the bus, and he's Fuck made a mess over. of that. Yeah. yeah, got the words wrong, all the rest of it. And then he's fucking got on a he's he's fucked everyone off on Concord because he was late. Thanks to fucking Noel, right? So everyone's fucked off him there. Then he's got to fucking Philadelphia. Imagine how knackered he is. And he's fucked up the Led Zeppelin performance as well. Yeah. Although he's, he points out in this book, none of the fuck-ups, and I sympathise with Mike Reuven, were his fault. But he thinks in his head that he is the villain of the piece. Yeah. Yeah. The whole of Live Aid. But that's he's... the way, if you read that book, that's the way Phil thinks. He thinks, and I, I really feel bad for him, because I was never aware of the idea that Phil Collins was considered a baddie from Live Aid. But he is 100% convinced that that's one of the defining stories from Live Aid, is that Phil Collins was an egotist who fucked everything up. I don't think that's true, but that's what he thinks. No, I don't think it is. That's just just how he feels. I mean, he probably thinks that there's the death of starving Africans on his conscience because of the fact that he couldn't drum properly. With Led Zeppelin, that's the way. That's the way. Nuts. His book's full of like funny things where he like chastises himself. He goes, "Well, it was classic me," 
Africans were dying. Yeah. And whose fault was so, it? Phil bloody Collins. <laughs> yeah, again. So there it is. And then he's, he's backstage, he's deflated. He's been involved in an interview on TV, which Jimmy and Robert just were vague and cocky and didn't really do their job properly. So he says that he chipped in with loads of answers that he wasn't qualified to give. Because, again, people pleasing. Yeah. Uh, and then he finds himself um, backstage and he tells Kenny Craig and he can't do We Are The World. Um, he has to get out of there and get the last helicopter back to New York. So uh, he climbs aboard the helicopter Um Get back to New York. Uh, there's no car for them. Someone has forgotten to book a driver to meet them. No cabs either. So eventually he manages to flag down a cab and he gets back to his hotel in New York, puts the TV on, and it's the death throes of the Philadelphia show. They're doing We Are The World. And who does he see singing his line on TV, Sam? Cher. Fucking Cher. And that's the beauty. That's why this is my favourite old time chapter of the book because the way he paces it, it's like he's knackered. You can always feel what it's like. We've all had long days. I mean, we haven't had days like that, but long days. And he's like, fucking hell. And then I've finished. I've fucked up. Led Zeppelin was a nightmare. All I wanted to do was get back to my bed, right? And we all know that feeling. I just want to get back to my bed. I am fucked. I'm not in a good mood. I just need to sleep it off. Tomorrow's a new day. And only once he gets back to the fucking hotel room does he suddenly realise, yeah. shit, I'd said I'd sing that in that finale. I totally fucking forgot. No, it's, and he, then it's he built- told the fella he couldn't do it. He oh, he, he told he couldn't do, can it, do yeah. it. But it's building up to it. And he's thinking, yeah. he's thinking, who the fuck did they get to do my line? I hope it yeah. doesn't get to my bit and there's just a gap because then I'm going to feel even worse. Yeah. And it gets to his bit, the line he knew how to sing. He's thinking, who is it? Who is it? And it cuts his fucking share. And the last time he saw him was on Concord. I go, do you think you can get me on the show? <laughs> <laughs> so Cher's obviously got to JFK, made some calls, got a chopper to Philadelphia and, you know, elbowed her way into this thing and got on stage. Hi, Hi is that Kenny, Kenny Cragen? <laughs> <clears throat> it's Cher. Hey, listen, do you think you can find a line for me and we are the world? Well, Cher, it's funny you should say that. This could be a lucky day. An opportunity has just arisen. <laughs> a vacancy uh, in the sun, shall we say. Ah, God. So there we go. What that's a story. it. That's Phil Collins at Live Aid. Mm. We tried to do it in one episode. We've done it in three, so, you know. Uh, we, hope we, we hope we found it educational. Uh, Professor Fishcake there, leading the way. Now, if I think in the next episode we will be doing the history of the bed. Um, yes, I think or at so. least yeah. picking a particular moment from the history mm. of the bed. If you have any suggestions for other moments of history, and we're talking right back to dinosaur times, yeah? The whole thing, yeah. Can yeah, you go anything to, to the time good, before even dinosaurs? Yeah, we'll we'll do pre-time. We'll do history history before time. History um, box brackets pre-time. <laughs> but make the suggestions, God for fuck's sake, please. Yeah, if there's anything you want us to examine, alert us and send us a link or something, yeah. and we'll consider it. Yeah. So there we go. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you and farewell. Goodbye, fellow history lovers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 